Bang. Bang. Bang on. Bang on. Bang on. Bang on. Bang on, girl. Oh. Bang. Bang. Oh. That could work. Bang on. Work. <laughs> That's a weird way to start. Hello, Zan. Hello, Miff. How are you? That's so good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you in and you, person, you face to face. You smell like fresh laundry today, can Thank I say? Thank you very much. A little bit of a peel back of the curtain when we get to spend time together. Peel back of the curtain if you really want that. I've actually got dog treats in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I did actually smell like probably pet treats rather than laundry, so that's good. No, laundry's good. Laundry's good. <laughs> I wonder good. if Norman would eat a doggy treat. That I'm sure he Yeah, he'd eat anything. Would, would he? I wonder if he'll come down. We'll Norman. see. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, Norman. This is uh, your place for music, art, life stuff and Norman appearances. And Norman talk. Um, And breaking news, literally just this morning, if you're listening to Bang On on Thursday, the day our potty drops, just this morning, Britney Spears finally got to have her say. She appeared via phone link at an LA court hearing on the future of her conservatorship. And this is the first time that we've heard from her what she thinks and what she wants. She didn't hold back either. This is a shocking and devastating statement that we saw played out, didn't we? Beyond devastating. Um, I'm almost speechless as to how extraordinary this is in in the worst possible way. This is a young woman who was famous at 17 who uh, had a, a, a kind of breakdown in her 20s, for probably very good reason, harassed, harangued, bullied, all of those things by the media around her and um, and the audience as well. And I mean, people close to her. Yeah, and people close to her. I mean, Britney was, was the, the punchline of jokes world over for, for years and years and years. And here she is after the breakdown, um, her the control of her, not just her finances, but it seems, according to her statement, her mental health... Um, what she's allowed to do, what she isn't allowed to do, is under control. And I mean, and she's been forced to perform. I mean, we can we can go at in detail about some of the things that she brought up that are just shocking. But um, her, her position amounts to essentially slavery. She kind of mentioned of that too at one stage when she was talking about the breakdown of her week and what she was required to do, even to the point where they decide the conservators and her management decide. Mm what therapist she will see, what kind of therapy she'll times? undertake and what kind of medication she'll be on. There's no agency in her life. and she She's surrounded by five nurses that tell her, that follow her every move and make sure she takes her pills, of which her medication was changed, it seems, to really strong medication that, that she said made her drunk. Yeah, she, li- she likened her treatment to, um, in the state of California to the only other treatment she could align it with was sex tra- trafficking mm. because mm. of being made to work in certain conditions um, for many hours per day and having no say. Some, some of the takeaways from this which really struck me was she was abused and exploited by her family. She didn't say just James Spears, mm. her father, but her family. Her father should be in jail. She wants to marry her boyfriend and have a baby, but the conservatorship won't allow her to. In fact, she said that she has an IUD that she's not allowed to get removed because the people who are in charge of her legally say they don't want her to have a baby. All I want is my own money and for this to end and for my boyfriend to be able to drive me in his car, she said. And that really struck me because I was just thinking about how controlled her life is 
and what again watching all of those videos that we see played out on on social media and you know she's always in her house and she's mm. finding little moments where she can have her moments of freedom but the fact that she can't even leave like it's not legal and mm. she fears the repercussions of that for her to leave the house and for her partner to yeah. or her to drive out of the house that's insane it's it's, it's just wild these are I mean, if, if it, they weren't real, you wouldn't believe it. And and even she said that herself. And she said she's forced to go to these meetings with a, with a therapist three times a week and they, she has to do them publicly, that she can't do them in her house. And she said, I can't, I can't leave my house. Everybody in the world knows who I am. Yeah, when she turns up, the paparazzi are yeah. there. So and they so catch her when she's, you know, feeling vulnerable. Mo- most vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, I know if I've gone to see a counsellor... Um, I don't feel great when I come out of those sessions mm. and in a way that, that perpetuates the myth that, that Brittany is unhinged, that Brittany is is still somehow damaged and yet there's a great line in there and I can't recall it when she spoke about how she was forced to work at Vegas, mm. those live shows when she was exhausted and tired and she said, um, I wasn't just good, I was great. You know, like she is – if she can be in charge of a team – putting on choreography, singing, dancing, doing two shows a night, I I don't understand why she's not in control of her life. That's a very, very basic human right. Yeah, and that's the question, isn't it, as to why she's still under this conservatorship, which in most cases only lasts as a as a kind of stopgap to, mm. to control a situation for a sh- very short term. Mm. But she is not elderly. Um, she's not, according to her, mentally incapacitated. And surely if she was, why is she released four records 250 shows in Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. These are the questions. Yeah, she's not, she's not a puppet. Yeah. And essentially her family have treated her like a paycheck and she has no control over that. She keeps people in business and she's getting none of it. She can't even take a holiday if she wants. A lot I, it's awful. Like I just think about Tina Turner and that documentary um, that I watched a couple of weeks ago mm. and how she was basically – in a prison that Ike had established where she wasn't allowed to drive around. I remember the Ronnie Spector book uh, when she was imprisoned essentially by Phil Spector and Cher was sort of entrapped in a relationship with Sonny and the only freedom they had was when they were allowed as two women to drive their car around together. Mm. And I remember that from Ronnie Spector's book and it's like that was the 60s. This poor woman, Brittany, is she's 38 years old. Again, she wants to have children she, you know, you know that, that it's it's awful. Like, I, how is this happening? Well, how did it happen? How did we let it happen on our watch? Well, that's a really good point because you know you take the focus away from the family, the conservators, the managers, the people who have been controlling her life and profiting from that. And one of the other things that she said in this statement to the court was when she was saying to the judge, "The last time I spoke to you, you made me feel like I was dead, like I didn't matter." like nothing had been done to me, like he thought I was lying or something. Yeah, because this was four years ago. She did make a statement four years ago when she requested for the very first time and that statement was not made public and clearly it was ignored. Yeah, and she wants to feel heard. That's what she said. So I'm telling you this again. So maybe you can understand the depth and the degree and the damage that they did to me back then. She There's a point in this transcription where you can see that the lawyers for James Spears are trying to stop her from speaking publicly about her medical conditions and her state of mind. And she says, no, I want this to be on the record. And that's something that really struck me that, you know, this whole time 
she has just the, the, the trust, any trust that she had in the systems around her, the legal system, the health system, they've all kept her cage. She has, has a total fear of all of them. She's been completely isolated throughout this whole time. And she is now, this is a massive statement. If you think about the context of that, a massive statement where she's trying to tell the world, this is actually what's going on. Please believe me. Please listen mm. to me. I want this to stop. And it's so powerful when you see it, the sum of its parts, because we've just gotten these little glimpses. And even as it was rolling through this morning, I was seeing those little grabs that were popping up on Twitter about some of the more sensational aspects of it. But on the whole, you see this, you just, you see how desperately unhappy and isolated and paranoid and rightfully paranoid she is, that if she speaks to anyone about this, can she trust them? You know, she's been put on lithium when she's told that she doesn't want to perform in Vegas after they initially, her management say, okay, we understand. And then two days later, her therapist, who she hasn't chosen, but she's speaking to personally about all these things, chucks her on lithium and she says she feels drunk and she can't Mm. make sense of the world. It's awful. It's awful. It's almost like it's... I can't believe it's happened. And obviously this is one woman's statement, but God, it's it's a shocking statement to read. I, I can believe it's happened though. That's the thing. I'm shocked, I'm gobsmacked, but I can believe it's happened because this is an age-old story of controlling women and maintaining the status quo. And I think we'll get to it when we talk about what's happening in Australia in the music business. The music business has never been kind to women. It has always treated them as if they're second-rate citizens. Uh, the, the the form of pop music has for a long time been deemed inferior mm. to other types of music because it was predominantly female. Like all these messages are there and I reckon Liz Fair, the musician Liz Fair, she nailed it today and it's perfect. She said, oldest trick in the playbook of the patriarchy, declare a woman mad and gain control of her assets slash property. Been happening for centuries. Anyone saying she seems unbalanced, please show me the equivalent conservatorships for male entertainers slash athletes exhibiting erratic behaviour. Where are all the mums controlling their grown sons' millions for a decade? Speaking of toxic things, Mm -hmm. Dennis Hanlon, the now former CEO of Sony Music Australia, was removed on Monday morning. This was a pretty big shock for the Australian music industry when the news came through around 10.30. And even if you don't know Dennis Hanlon, this is all you need to know. He has been the longest serving employee of Sony worldwide. He's been there for 51 years. years. Um, 30 years, I think close to 30 years as CEO And this follows allegations of a toxic work culture at Sony Music Australia, sexual harassment at work events, Mm. intimidating behaviour, alcohol abuse, unfair treatment of women in the workplace, and these complaints span more than two decades. These stories have been circulating in the industry for some time, but I believe it was questions, was complaints put to the headquarters in the States and also questions followed up by Nathaniel Cooper, who's a journo who's been doing a lot of work with the nine newspapers and also... Um, Kelly Burke, who's been writing for Guardian Australia, mm. and these complaints were put to Sony HQ, and then um, everything started happening. And, and since then, two more senior execs have been stood down indefinitely, including Dennis's son, Pat. Some of the accounts that play out, particularly in a Guardian long read, um, are, are harrowing. You know, this they're all anonymous for reasons that will become clear. 
women have been groped by senior figures in the company. They've been ogled while reminded that their performance review is the next mm. day. Pregnant women and new mothers made redundant. Mm. Uh, and then when they've gone, their roles have been filled. So those roles still existed, just not for women with children or about to have children. Yep. And it's, yeah, it was a pretty, I think, triggering article for many people to to read, but also one of the first times we've seen such detail after this rising chatter since the Me Too movement kicked off, mm. but really for years among certain circles in Australian music about our own scene. Mm. And seeing it all go down was, um, God, how do I describe it? Uh, horrific and hopeful at the same time. Yeah. Is that a way to say it? I think so. I think so. I mean, when I read some of these things, you know, they're not unfamiliar to me. It's it's like workplaces I've been in in the music industry. Mm. And I even got messages from, from friends um, saying, oh, you know, there's some lines in particularly the Guardian piece that rung true for our experience in that it's alleged that Dennis Handon has said, um, there was a conga line down the street of people desperate to work at Sony and that anyone could take your job in mm. a second. Mm. And that's the culture of fear that the music industry has established and has continued to uh, support, I think, and we saw it with, with Britney Spears. It's it's shocking. Like it's it's absolutely shocking that they, this – it's not just a toxic work culture – it's more than that. It's it's an absolutely fucked industry, to be honest, and it's based on taking advantage of of people who are, are often keen to support the industry because they believe in creativity and they believe in what they're doing, and it's just been used against them. Yeah, the 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 exploitation of power is key through all of this, isn't it? Mm. It's it's people who are. Um, not established in the industry, often younger artists, often female artists, mm. up against um, dinosaurs of the industry who have been in these positions for decades have always gotten away with murder. Mm. But, you know, exploit that power, know that they can do and say and get away with anything that they want because this person wants to be where you are or at least get somewhere mm. close. So they're not going to ruffle feathers, their feathers. They're not going to complain to HR. Yeah. They're not going to go public. And certainly in many of these these cases and allegations, non-disclosure agreements are a huge part of this. Yeah. You know, people literally cannot speak publicly on the record about what happened to them for fear of, of being sued. This this. This conversation around harassment and abuse and sexism in the music industry is not just about Sony, obviously, as no. you say. It's something that spreads a lot longer. And there was a, a follow-up piece by Leanne D'Souza, who's an artist manager who's worked in the industry for many years and has written on this before. Um, she also posted a piece in The Guardian recently saying, you know, if the music industry is to truly get the reckoning it has wanted and needed for so long then it requires a reckoning with power itself. You know, one man alone is or was not in possession of all of it. And she talks about this, this power, which is not just about the people in charge, but it's about having the power to tell our stories, having the freedom um, and the legal clearance to tell our mm. stories, to, to be heard like Britney wants to be heard. Mm. Um, in online activism, like Beneath the Glass Ceiling have been doing a brilliant Instagram account that have has brought to the surface so many accounts 
across the industry, yep. major label and tiny little indie label and photography alike, um, and in diversity as well. She points yeah. out that we have power in diversity, a collective wisdom of the, the elder guard of the music industry and the young people being the engine rooms for change. Mm. So it's not – this is sometimes when these things come up there – they are so hard to solve because you've really got to attack everything, don't yes. you? It's structural, it's systemic, it's massive. It's it's cultural. Yeah. It's the value that we place on the people that work underneath you. It's compassion, mm. it's empathy, it's understanding, all these things that just don't seem to be actually valued. And women and people in minorities, people with disabilities, you know, the struggle for them for so long is just to be heard, as you said. But how do we make it better for, for all of these people who have just been put hitting their heads up against brick walls for so long? Um, I just, I, and I just, you know, I, I've been part of it too, but I also don't think I've done enough over the years. Well, this is a first... To make it a safer place for everybody. This is why I think this this reckoning and, and keeping the, the foot on the pedal, as I've spoken about before, is important because in, in order to move ahead, we have to tell the truth and the stories about what's happened in the past and what is happening today. And I think that that point where you talk about empathy and, and compassion, a key part of that is at the centre of this, think about and respect the victim survivors. Don't just talk about the perpetrators and these big names and companies mm. and these kind of like these ideas of the bad people in the, the industry. Like the, the the price of sharing your story and the reason why people don't share their story is huge. It's emotionally huge. It's physically and financially obviously and it's not fodder for gossip. It's something that you know, vi victim survivors shouldn't be lost in these headlines of these big names and big companies mm. um, falling or being, you know, stood down or anything of that. Like the the things that these victims have, as you say, have, sp have spoken about, many of us have experienced in varying forms. That's why it was such a triggering article, whether mm. you're in the music industry or not. We've all been part of that. And many of us have normalised that because it's Absolutely. just the way it is. And then when it moves on, you you kind of... If, it, if you're not the target of that attack that week, it's like, oh, it's not me. Yeah. You know, what am I, what did I do to stop that happening to the next person? Yeah. You know, like there's just, it, not okay. And when and you think, like, I also think, you know, when we do those every year on International Women's Day, we do a big survey of the Australian music industry where we basically take the temperature of, you know, if it's, if it's getting better. And still those stats of the amount of women that study music, that play in bands, that are engaged in music in some way all the way through high school and then went through university and then when they hit the world, mm. go out into the actual real world, the, the stats just drop away and that's because these things happen, you know, these experiences shut people out of their careers. They become, it becomes too hard to keep fighting just to create. It screws with your mental health. It can wreak havoc on your life and this happens in every industry but the music industry is seriously sick, mm. you know. It's, it's time to listen. It's time to believe. It's you need, we need to find a way to support those who have been harmed yep. and ensure it doesn't happen in the future. Absolutely. The time's and, up. And I, yeah, time is up. And there's a lot of people who are terrified at the moment. And I think, well, if you've had to question your behaviour in the past, then obviously you have a reason to be terrified. And if you're only finally questioning yourself now, then that's your problem. And I love it. People aren't being silenced anymore.
on a lighter note, Zan, because I think we need something fun at the end of this, because my God, this has been tough this week. Mm. There's a lot to work through. And but that's the good thing. We we need to work through this stuff mm. to move forward, and I look forward to when we do move forward. That would be nice. But, um, yeah, on a lighter note, there's a new Netflix show that, again, I will probably watch the absolute shit out Thank of. Thank you for sharing this with me. The trailer yeah, is yeah. amazing. The trailer is the best thing I've seen <laughs> forever. Um, it's, a, it's a dating show because Netflix branched out last year or the year before. I don't know what is time. Um, <laughs> but they branched out last year two years ago with Love is Blind where it was people just meeting through glass. Oh, that's right. And I love that. <laughs> I got right into that. That was awesome. Um, and also very trashy but I loved it. Um, and this one is a combination of the two where people sort of meet though. They're touching this time but guess what? They look like they're on an episode of The Masked Singer. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Um, when, I, when I saw this trailer, though, I was like, sexy beast, this looks so familiar. And it's it's basically they've bought the concept off BBC Three, which yeah. I think I feel like it's popped up on ABC Comedy or ABC TV Plus or ABC Two, mm. whatever it's called this week. And it's like this crazy show where they've got these amazingly Amazing crafted heads. masks. Yeah. And bodies and outfits and costumes. But they're just going out to a bar and having a drink. <laughs> it's amazing. Have a, li- have a little listen. This is a little taste of Sexy Beasts, the Netflix version. Could you fall in love with someone based on personality alone? What is your ideal woman? Personality for me is everything. Ash first, personality second. You're the best looking devil I've ever seen. This is really weird right now. <laughs> Would you count this as a weird experience for you? Yes. Uh, so, I like your fin. <laughs> Obviously, you need to see the trailer after that to understand the incredible shark head that she's wearing. Oh, it's amazing. Surely it's like, I mean, when I saw this after after realising, oh, yeah, I've seen this before, but mm. totally here for the Netflix bucks going towards <laughs> this new season. But maybe it's also riding off the... Um, you know, for a broader world audience, the success of The Masked Singer. Yeah. And also this idea of like, you know, anybody who's ever been on a, on a dating app, whether it's like Tinder or Grindr mm. or Bumble or whatever, like you're just so sick of the vacuousness of that and the very um, surface level, you know, swipe mm. left, swipe right. So maybe it's a reaction to that. Like, you know, it's about the personality instead of the face, quite literally, unless you've got a thing for furries. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I like it. I, I think this is great. I like I that it's going wait. worldwide. I know. I can't wait. I need. I need some joy in my life. What and would you dress up as if you had to wear a mask? Shit, I hadn't even thought about choice? that. Um, God, would you get a choice? Do you think? <laughs> They probably don't give you a choice because no. they never want to be like a hot bunny or they'll something. Just go, yeah, they'll go, oh, no, we've already got our quota of turtles <laughs> this, this, this season. How about you? Um, look, no one's taken the ferret. <laughs> you want to be a ferret? Okay, I'll be a ferret. Will you love me even with my whiskers? <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. So give good. it to me. Oh, man, uh, thank you for that. Thank you, Internet for Sexy Beasts. That's yep. coming out on July the 21st if you're keen. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, last night a new show just dropped. You are banging on about this this week. Oh, I, I watched the first episode on um, terrestrial television. Me too. Because I was at home and I loved it. So I decided, oh, I'll watch a couple more episodes. Cue to me being up until three in the morning <laughs> watching the entire series <laughs> because I loved it. 
Absolutely loved it. It's just beautiful. Rose Matafeo, who's a New Zealand comedian, she's done heaps of work here in Australia too. She's now based in England and she's made a rom-com, but it's not a rom-com like you've seen before. What's it called? It's called Starstruck. Yes. And uh, it's just divine. It's about a, a normal, normal Rose who, who falls in love or at least partners up with a fella who is wildly famous, like of the action star variety mm. and she didn't know all very that. Very handsome. All that, very handsome um, and it's loads of fun. It's just brilliant. Uh, her character is uh, – we've had a lot of female-driven narratives of late that, that have um, great characters but quite often it's, you know, they're very um, – uh, how do I say it? Uh, there's a lot of darkness and difficulty there mm. Um Whereas this one, she is just the best character. Yeah. She's just fun <laughs> and she's exactly who Rose wants her to be. There's a scene where after she's had a, you know, one night stand and she's walking down the canal <laughs> and she's just like, it's high-fiving everyone in the cafes beside her and stuff because she's, you know, she got a root. And it's very sex positive too. It's really sex positive. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fabulous. And you know, you know what made me sad though? I was reading something, an article today, I think it was on um, TV Tonight, and it's with Rose, and she said, and get this, and this is how great things are now in that things are changing a little bit. She said, this is the headline, no one's going to cast me in it unless I write it. Isn't that, like, so sad Mm. in a way because, like, she's one of the best things I've seen on television in a long time. She's She's, so electric. She's enigmatic. She's just, you just want to be in her orbit. and. Like, what the fuck has been going on that women like this have not had gigs doing this sort of stuff before? Or at least why isn't there more of them? But there are, fortunately, a lot more these days. But I would have killed for something like this when I was in my 20s. It's unreal. Yeah, and it is really like, you know, we're obviously not in our 20s. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But um, it, it captures that kind of end of 20s freak out, which I still remember, uh, you know. And in a similar way to girls, I guess. Yes. But um, hell of a lot more diverse, that's for sure, yeah. than girls. <laughs> But, it's but the, also it's a diverse cast too without making reference to it being yeah, diverse, yeah. you know, like and, and that again is a, is, a, is a huge step for drama on television. It's so quick as well, like it's so quick-witted and the chemistry between her and Tom who plays mm. the love interest, Nikesh Patel, um, is, is so fantastic and her best friend is... Oh, I love her best friend. <laughs> so the energy is extreme. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. So, yeah, at the end of the premiere last night on ABC TV, it was like, oh, sorry, I just had a testy pop there. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, love, you're going through the I'm change. going through the change. <laughs> love it. <laughs> hair where there is no hair. <laughs> Um, at the oh, end. there is hair where there shouldn't. <laughs> there is hair where there shouldn't be these days. It goes the opposite. <laughs> I, I did the same thing as you. I didn't stay up till three a.m., mm. but I did watch a few more episodes. And then when I was at the gym this morning, I was watching it on my little phone. Oh, gorgeous! Um, it's so great. It's all on iView now. Also, you haven't mentioned that there is surprise mini driver. Just like surprise, oh, yes. surprise guy Pierce, there's surprise mini driver. Oh, yeah, in yeah, it. yeah, that's true. And I was like, who is that? Who is that? It's mini driver. She's and so she's fabulous as yeah. the uh, the artist manager um, who just is there purely and simply for the cash. And she <laughs> make, and she makes it very, very clear that a famous person should not go out with what did she call them? Civilians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So good. It's really good. Oh, and just a quick shout out too to Artworks, which is the new ABC arts program oh, on yeah. ABC TV, because that came on after I finished and I was drifting off to sleep and I went, oh, I'm going to watch this. This looks <laughs> so awesome. So you got to bed at 4am. I got at 4am. <laughs> um, Namilla Benson is the host. We've worked with Namilla over the years. She's a broadcaster, very established broadcaster. She's hosting the show and there were so many great stories on it. I... I almost fell off my chair. Yeah. And there's a culture of not supporting arts programs in this country. Everyone wants arts programs, but every time there is one, there's always someone going, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. And it's like, it's just a bullshit culture, really. It's doing, it's there, watch it. Yeah. And interestingly enough, there's a story, the very first story is about um, Hilma Af Klimt, who is a visual artist who was, who has an exhibition in Sydney at the moment, who was doing abstract work. She was doing that long before any of the great masters started doing it Mm. in the 20s. And it really kind of harks back to what we were talking about the other week, that most women artists only seem to get famous when they're old or dead or when they're discovered, they're deemed to be out of step. Mm. Whereas in actual fact, she was a trailblazer and was never recognised because women weren't valued. Artworks is on iView as well. Mm. Yeah. I've been loving it too. So many good stories. Shout out to Namilla. She is um, also a total joy to watch carry you through a whole bunch of different stuff that you've maybe never heard of as well. It's so good. Exactly. So good. Oh, yeah. And um, OK Motels as well, the Instagram page. Go and check that out. They have concerts. It was a gorgeous story on what bringing those concerts to a small country town of Charlton is oh, like. Yeah. So, you know, there's great stuff. It's really good. Rabbit hole. You seriously went down the rabbit hole last night slash this morning. I love it. I can't see you right now <laughs> or speak, but that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> um, what are you banging on about, Zen? Well, I thought that I'd um, bang on about something super fresh from two years ago. Oh, good. Okay, uh, good. A little podcast that's won a whole bunch of awards called It Burns. Ah, yay, yay. <laughs> and, well, the thing is, with these recommendations, they don't have to be the latest and greatest because anything good is evergreen. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for excusing that I didn't listen to it two years ago when oh, it came don't, out. Don't apologise to me. Apologise to Mark Fennell. I'm sorry, it. Mark. <laughs> and I know that he's bang fam, so if you're listening to this, I got there finally. I actually listened to Mark's amazing podcast nut job which was about a nut heist but also about environmental issues um water dispersion all that kind of stuff but this is the first one he did for audible and the reason that i'm listening to it is that i just signed up for one of those three-month trials on audible so i'm like oh, mate, oh, i'm gonna live. your life <laughs> well i'm gonna ask you sorry we this. shouldn't be advertising australian <laughs> service but for, for those who like to listen to things while you're doing other things hearing people make things and read things is Fabulous. Yeah, and I've been kind of like keenly aware very recently of just how much walking and exercising is good for my mental health. So Mm. I've been – but I like listening to stuff um, sometimes, so I've been getting on board with Audible in that regard as well. But, yeah, it burns. Yeah, hot tip for people who are scared of their own minds to get some (laughs) – Get someone else's mind in your mind while you. <laughs> so if you've been under a rock and you missed out on this one, um, it's basically about finding the world's hottest chili. That's what it burns is all about. But it's also a very personal story um, about Mark's own upbringing. It's about um, you know what compels these mostly white men who are chili heads mm. to to do it, to eat these chilies, and to go into these competitions. And also speaks a lot to identity, to emotional eating. 
it's more than just about chili, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's really fantastic. And so is Nutjob. I love Nutjob. I think I love Nutjob even more because that was just, there was so much going on, so many tentacles streaming out. Mm. And I've got to say some of those chili heads, I'm just like, oh God, I know that guy. I know that guy who just wants to conquer things. Extreme dude. And uh, that's thing. Why do you have to, why do you have to conquer things? I've got a theory. <laughs> I've got a theory. It's not just that. It's because... Like think about people that, that have to fight every day, uh, whether it be sexism, racism, homophobia, they're busy battling that. <laughs> Ableism. Cis white dudes are like, I'm going to make life hard and eat a big old yeah. chilli. Like my life's great. How can I make it harder? How can I make it precarious? How can I make it like... I don't know that I I might die. I will like, say this, devil's advocate. It does explore why these men do what they do. There is something I know, going I know. on. It's, yes, of course there is. But so, yes, I, yeah. But I just it's... that's I I when I see people doing extreme extreme dude, extreme. Yeah, I'm just like, mom, oh, mate, aren't you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real spicy. Speaking of which. <laughs> Bang on this week. And can I just give a shout out to the um, two people who also were on board basically within like 12 hours of Starstruck um, streaming and, and going on ABC saying, oh, my God, you have to bang on about this and please watch this. We always, we love your emails and messages and pretty soon I think that we, we're going to open up the Bang Fam a little yeah, bit more right. directly. More on that next week. Next week. Ooh, little is that a tease? Bang back. Coming back. Oh, great. Get your thoughts together. Recommendations. (laughs) Have a think about it. We'll tell you what's happening next week. (laughs) All right. Bangman's now looking at us with a bit of a wind-up face, so we should go. Let's keep going. He look, it's the I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, It's the we can, we can do this now or we can do this at lunchtime <laughs> face of your school teacher. So good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. See I've you next you. week. See you, you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Sorry, that was, you just, I know when you're leaning in, you're like, all right, bring it home.